Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 168. And as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, it's always a great to cap off your hard-earned day of work where you're just, you know, pounding the pavement, then you're home, and you crack open an ice-cold Labatt Blue Mm, mm, mm. It is delicious. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, but we do ask that you drink our beer responsibly. With that said, uh, no stranger uh, to this show. It's the annual, and I have, and he, I know he's not going to believe me. He's on the, he's, he's, he's waiting to be introduced right now, but almost as much as anybody else, except maybe for Steve Eiserman, people always ask me, when is Danny D? Danny DeKaiser going to be on. He's on every summer, and he is back, ladies and gentlemen, by popular demand, Red Wing defenseman, Detroit native, all-around good guy, Western Michigan Bronco, Danny DeKaiser joins us. Danny, thanks for joining us on the Red and White Authority. All right, Art. Thanks for having me. Great intro. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, you know, hey, we're both from Detroit. I mean, I get excited when I talk to people from my hometown. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> even though De La Salle beat my Livonia Franklin uh, uh, Patriots in football a few years ago in the state championship, <laughs> we won't. That's go all good. Yeah, no, <laughs> we won't. We won't hold it against each other. <laughs> no, no, we won't. Although Andrew Kristoff still claims that he played against you when you were at De La Salle in hockey. And, and, and shut you down, but you never played for De La Salle, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm going to have to let him know that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's his big claim to fame, so, you know, <laughs> watch out about that one. But with that said, the boss man's a good guy, though, as you know. Andrew's great, but uh, let's get into this. And, I, you know, I guess I, I really want to start with last year at this time when we did this, you were coming off, uh, you know, back surgery, you had missed all but eight games of the season the previous year. It was a strange year with COVID and all that, and the uh, season was shut down, as we know. We don't need to document that. Then you start playing last year, and I'm kind of curious because you seemed really hopeful that everything was going to go well. How difficult was it for you last season to begin and get back into a routine uh, knowing that, you know, you were just coming, you know, you were months after back surgery. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you know, definitely a different year last year, obviously with all the, the COVID stuff, you know, the, the half year or whatever it was. Um, and for me, you know, going into the season, I was, uh, you know, trying to have a good attitude and, and stay positive about stuff. Um, but at the same time, I, I knew deep down that I didn't really quite feel all that great, uh, once training camp rolled around. So I was, uh, trying to get back up to speed there to, to start, you know, the season right away. Um, I ended up starting the season and obviously, you know, things didn't go so well or the well, the, the way I would have uh, liked them to go for those first uh, 10 or 15 games, whatever it was. Um, but then, you know, as the season went on, I, f I finally started to feel better, started to um, get more strength back and, and uh, you know, just kind of feel like myself again. So, um, definitely towards the end of the year was very promising. And, uh, you know, I started to feel a lot better. I know that during the early part of last season, head coach Jeff Blaschel would say, you know, DeKaiser, I mean, he's out there. I give him so much credit. He's basically playing on one leg. And then I'm asking all the other media members, I didn't see him get hurt. Is he hurt? One leg, when did he hurt his leg? And they're saying, no, that has to be a side effect 
from from the surgery. It's it's his back. Is that a fair assessment that you it, like one side or one leg was weaker than the other? Was that what was going on? And I know this is if you don't care to discuss it because you know, I'm not trying to probe too much, but I'm really I am really curious about it. Yeah, I mean, basically what what happened was I had the the disc in my back, um, you know, that was was herniated. Um, so they went in and, and trimmed that out, fixed that. But uh, sometimes, you know, a side effect from that disc uh, protruding out of the, the spinal canal there is that it can, um, you know, pinch nerves that run down the spinal cord and down your leg. So basically that was, was my issue. And, uh, you know, once I found out, obviously, that the nerves are um, very delicate. And uh, so I had some issues with that nerve, the uh, sciatic nerve that ran down my left leg and into my foot. So I lost, uh, uh, lost a good percentage of strength down, uh, like in my calf and in my ankle. And, uh, so that made it, it made it difficult to, um, you know, to skate, to kind of be on my toes and produce power. Like I, I needed to, to be on the ice. So it was just one of those things where once last January rolled around and, you know, training camp was starting, um, you know, it wasn't quite a hundred percent yet. And, uh, you know, luckily, luckily now it, it is. And, um, you know, I was able to keep working at it and just, uh, you know, strengthening that leg and doing everything that I could. And then ultimately I think, you know, just time, time healed it as well. So I just, you know, kind of needed some more time and it finally, uh, finally came back. So that was nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. I, I think it's great for everybody. Uh, uh, you know, Red Wing fans included. I, I, I'm kind of curious then what happened. Did you, was it weight training? Did, how, how do you strengthen the leg? Uh, and you know, was there a point where I, you know, God, heaven forbid the doctor say to you, you know, Danny, we may be, you know, this might be as good as it's going to get. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing too, is that, uh, the nerve recovery is, uh, what I learned, you know, um, uh, and talking to doctors and just going through what I did, did is really slow. And a lot of times it's incomplete. So, um, it might not ever, you know, feel the same as, as the other side, but you just hope that it, uh, it gets to as, as close to 100% as possible. Um, and for me it did, you know, it finally ended up coming back and for some people it doesn't though. So, um, you know, it was uh, it was somewhat depressing at times, just you know, being I don't know over a year out of surgery, eighteen months, you know, and still really not feeling all that great. Um, so I just stuck with it, and the only thing you can do is is just try to push it as hard as you can. So you know, I was doing tons of calf raises and single leg work on my left leg, single leg squats, um, all that kind of stuff. So you just all you can do is push it and try to have the brain trigger that, that memory of knowing how to activate that muscle. And it's, uh, it's hard to do. And it's, sometimes it's just really, really frustrating too. You know, that, I would imagine besides, I guess, losing the most frustrating thing for a professional athlete when he's coming back from an injury is the will is there, the mind is there, but the way the body just isn't. I mean, was, did you have difficult moments where, not that you were going to give up because I know you never would, but that it was just really, really, really difficult for you to, to see light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and I definitely, you know, had, had questions of if I was, you know, going to be able to play again. So, um, for me, there was, there was some dark days. It was tough, you know, and then we're sitting in the middle of this COVID pandemic and I'm, you know, working out from home. 
and just kind of, you know, working out by myself, just trying to, do, you know, do what the trainers gave me to, to do and stuff. And, um, you know, like I said, it can be very frustrating uh, mentally, uh, you know, when you're trying to, when you're trying to push something that just won't, it just won't go, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's really hard to explain who, you know, to, to people that haven't really had, um, you know, that kind of injury, but mm -hmm. basically, you know, you, you, you say my right leg, you know, you're, you're single leg squatting, um, you know, I don't know, 25 or 30 times and, you know, the left leg, you could get to eight or nine and then it just kind of fizzles out and you just have nothing left. It feels like you did 30, but you didn't, you know. Wow. That, uh, yeah, I, I want to go back a few years back when, you know, your former teammate now, now a, a dreaded Colorado Avalanche, but we wish him all the best, uh, Darren Helm. When he injured his back, you know, he had about, if I remember correctly, about a two-year rehab where he was in and out of the lineup, but mostly out of the lineup. And I remember tra going up to Traverse City for development camp uh, and w when it was still in Traverse City. And he was skating for the first time in a long time. So uh, I was working for FoxSportsDetroit.com. They sent me up there. I wanted to write a story about him. And he told me that where his back was at, that Henrik Zetterberg, another former teammate of yours, said to, said to him, when you have a back injury, depending on the injury, you're going to have to get used to playing in pain. As long as the doctors say you can't injure it anymore, you're going to have to somehow develop a toughness of playing over the pain that you're going to feel because it's never going to feel right. And he said, and Helmer said, he said, that's what, you know, that's really kind of put me over the top. When you hear it from Zetterberg, who we all know his back problems were, were very well documented, forced him to retire early, certainly. But I'm kind of curious, is, is it always there um, is it, it not that you're dwelling on it? Cause I know you're not, but is, is that kind of the same thing that, you know, you're just going to have to get used to maybe the back might be hurting you yet. You're not hurting yourself. So you continue to play. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's pretty fair to say that, um, you know, it, uh, I, I talked to Z about it as well and Helmer, uh, and some other guys who have had this injury as well. And, uh, you know, that was very similar to what, uh, Z told me. And, um, you know, when you do have start to have uh, back issues or a, a back surgery, it's it's a different you know it's a different kind of injury than than usually guys have. If uh, you know you have I know a shoulder injury where they're putting uh, you know bolts in you and and making that thing stronger than it was even before. Or, you know you break your leg or something, and you know they got to pin the bones together or you know add plates and all that. But uh, when you have a back injury, I just feel like it's kind of always there. Sometimes it's always on your mind. So you just, um, you know, I do, I do a lot of different stuff now training wise. And, um, I have, you know, a lot of different therapy that I use on it. And, uh, I just feel like it's something that, uh, you know, as of the last few months, my back's been very, very good. So I just think it's something that you always are mindful of and, um, you know, something that, you know, it's, it you probably could be easy to tweak here or there, you know? Was there a moment, a specific moment, whether you were on the ice or after a practice or you just got done with a shift and you sit down and you just look around and they're going, uh, hey, Danny, why are you so happy? And you're saying, I think my back's back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything like that happened to you, that kind of moment where you knew, hey, I put up with a lot, it's paying off, I feel good. Yeah, that was for me. That was closer to uh, towards you know the second half or the end of last season for me. Um, 
there was uh, there was a few games. There's a couple couple games in the season where I, I took a couple big hits, and um, you know that was one thing I was trying to avoid this season, especially. Uh, I mean, always, but more so this season is, is trying to avoid those big time hits if I could. Um, and uh, but at the same time, not letting it you know affect my play or being too cautious of it because you can't do that either. So for me, there was a couple times where you know I got I got dinged pretty good, and you know I kind of thought for a second while I was getting up, well, you know I feel pretty good still. So you know <laughs> just keep on going, and then you know after the game, get a little extra therapy done or an extra treatment the next day, and. Um, try to keep you together out there and, and go back and do it again. Did it ever affect your weight at all? No, no, it didn't. It never did. No, so so you could still eat pizza after the game. I mean, I you know my joke with you, the running joke, and I'm sure you're tired of hearing it. Is you're the only Red Wing that Lisa McDowell will allow to eat pizza after. The game, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get some leeway when it comes to you know some of the some of the high calorie foods that's for sure oh yeah definitely i know the five guys too so i you know, <laughs> I, won't, I won't dwell on that because uh I, I put on a significant amount of weight not that i was ever real small but it's time to start doing something but uh enough about me uh let's uh l- let's kind of move on because you played 47 games you had four goals eight assists 12 points you were plus three 18 penalty minutes and you also had 81 block shots now your plus three was tied for the team lead in plus minus, and your 81 block shots led the Red Wings. And you average your ice time career-wise is over 21 minutes a game because of what you were going through. It was down to about 18 minutes a game last year. I, you know, I'm kind of curious. Those are those are good statistics. I mean, especially you know, and the Red Wings are still a rebuilding team to have a plus number, but 81 block shots. I was astounded when I when, when I read that that you led the team because of the back injury, or I, I guess you never turned your back into a shot. I mean, I mean, were you taking a risk? I I, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, what was going on there, Danny? Um, I mean, I think that's that's something that I've always done. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but if you go back and look at the you know the prior years, ever since I started here in Detroit, I, I think I was you know probably close to the top, um, in, in block shots on the team, but that's just something that I, uh, I take pride in doing that. And, um, I play a lot on the penalty kill. So, you know, some of my numbers get inflated, uh, due to, to playing and, you know, shorthanded. But, um, for me, I try to have a good stick. Um, you know, when guys are coming down the rush, I try to not, not let any easy shots go to the net, um, or the high traffic areas. So, um, that's, that's one of the bigger things that I, I try to contribute. Um, and then also, you know, so there's sometimes on the penalty kill where you just got to, you, you know, you know, it's coming and, uh, you just gotta, you just gotta take it. So, um, that's the other side of things. And, uh, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Is there an art to blocking a shot or let's be honest here, Danny, when you're, when you're blocking a shot, is it like, Hey, this, I have no idea where this is going to hit me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, usually you're never really sure. Um, I try to, I you know, some some guys block shots differently. Some guys like going down to one knee. You know, I think I think we saw Glenn Denning a lot of times do that. He's a forward, so it's a little bit different probably for him than it is for me. But I like to um, I like to try to stay you know standing up, um, so that that way if if the puck misses me or if it hits me and, and falls next to me or something, I can still try to, you know, be in a position where I can get the puck and, and move it down the ice. Um, but I, I just think it's, for everyone, it's kind of different. You, you got to know your angles on the ice, uh, where the net is, 
you know, when guys have the puck on the half wall or at the blue line. So there's, there's some different um, factors that I guess play into it that, that guys uh, kind of put into their, into their minds. So Ovechkin's in that slot area that he loves. All right. And he just one times it. he just stands there. It reminds me of Brett Hall, how Brett Hall used to be just stand in one spot, feed me the puck and I'm just going to fire it. I mean, if you stand in front of a shot like that from one of the premier goal scorers in the history of hockey and you block it, do your teammates, is it instant respect? Do they think you're nuts? Do they think you're crazy? Or is that just the job? I mean, um, yeah, the teammates, your teammates are going to love that. You know, they're going to be up on the bench and all that. And if you're taking a hundred mile an hour slap shot to who knows where your, your ankles, your knees, um, takes a, you know, quite a bit of courage to try to step in front of that. But, uh, yeah, it's for, for me, um, a lot of the heavier one-time players, uh, for some reason are right-handed. So, you know, you look at Stamkos, Ovechkin, um, you know, there's, there's a pretty big list of, of right-handers that are big one-timers. Uh, for me, I play the left side, so I, I think that's maybe, uh, that's a good thing for me. So, uh, hopefully not too many big, uh, powerhouse left-handers come into the league soon. <laughs> when you, when you... When you block a shot like that from Ovechkin or a left-handed shot who who also has a cannon, um, do they ever say anything to you like, "Hey, nice block" or "Wow, way to go"? Or I mean, is there kind of a begrudgingly a mutual respect because you're willing to sacrifice your entire body to make sure that puck doesn't go in the net? Um, I mean, sometimes there is, yeah. Some, sometimes I feel like, you know, if, if a guy like Ovechkin gets one or two blocked that, uh, he might be shooting it even harder at you the next time. So oh, really? that's, that's something, uh, that, that could probably happen out there sometimes too. But, um, yeah, the only guy that's ever said anything to me was Eric Carlson. Uh, this, I think this was back when he was in Ottawa and, uh, I remember we played them at the, at the Joe one night a few years back and, uh. I don't know. For some reason, I I don't know. I don't even know why. I just kept blocking his shots, and and he would he was walking the blue line and trying to throw you know wristers on that, and I was, I was just basically standing in front just blocking them. And then uh, one of the whistles, he, he he skated by me. He goes, "Hey, come on, let me get one. Let me get one by. Get out of the way." And I was like, "Quit throwing those muffins in there, you know." So like those are the ones that you like blocking are the guys that are, you know trying to throw them in from the from the blue line with a wrister or something like that. But. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. said, well, you know, just bring it in a little, a little hotter, and I'll get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, yeah, really. I, I, I may look crazy, but trust me, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, let, let, let's move on. I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad you're feeling great. I mean, that's as I said. Not only is that great news for you, uh, but it's great news for Red Wing fans as well. Uh, uh, but I, I am kind of curious. I imagine right now you are the senior member of this team. You are the guy with the most tenured Red Wing, I would imagine. I can't think of anybody really that's even close to you at this point. Uh, with uh, with uh, Darren Helm going to Colorado and uh, Luke Glendening, although I think you, you had Luke beat too. Uh, but uh, does, does that set in? Does that mean something to you? Do you just say, wow, I'm getting old? Or is that pretty cool that a native Detroiter uh, is like the senior Red Wing? Yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's pretty cool. You know, um, for me, I, I think it's a good thing. Obviously, it means you're getting a little older for sure. Um, you know, now I'm 31, and I can't believe it. It's, it's, it's my 10th season coming up, and it's pretty crazy to me to think about that. So, um, you know, but obviously, I'm happy to be here. You know, going into the last year of my contract this season, so 
Um, you know, who knows what happens uh, after this year or whatever, but I'm, I'm going in and uh, I'm healthy and I'm fresh this year and I'm really looking forward to playing and I'm excited. And, uh, you know, whatever happens in the future down, down the road next year or whenever, uh, whatever happens, happens. But for right now, I'm just, I'm, I'm really going to enjoy this, this season. Um, hopefully it's a fairly normal year with, with the COVID stuff, but, uh, you know, we head up to Traverse City, I think in four, about four weeks from this week. So um, I love going up to Traverse City for training camp. I think it's a great kickoff to the season. And uh, I'm just, I'm really excited and looking forward to the year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back up to TC too. I mean, I've been, uh, been going every year the Red Wings have been going. And it, uh, it, it's certainly uh, almost a rite of passage in, in, in a strange sense. Hockey season's going. It's a beautiful time to be up in Traverse City too. And, uh, well, now it's about a week later, I guess, but it'll be mid-September. Uh, but, uh, but, but that's good. Now with that said, and I, I talked to Jeff Blaschel, uh, you know, your former coach at Western Michigan, not only your Red Wings coach, uh, uh, you know, with, uh, with Luke and Franz not being on the squad on the roster this year, I, I, you know, there's a couple of A's open. Uh, I don't know how that's determined. He says he has an idea of maybe where the team is going or thinking, but Shouldn't Danny DeKaiser be wearing an A at the start of the season? I know you don't want to toot your own horn, but I just think it's a natural. Well, I think, you know, for me, it'd be great. Um, you know, I'd be honored to, to wear an, an A for this organization. Um, obviously, it's, you know, I'm from, I'm from here, and that's a team that I've grown up watching my whole life and cheering for. So for me, I think it'd be awesome. Um, at the same time, if, you know, if not, if I don't get picked, then, um, I'll still just go out there and do the same things and try to lead, uh, lead by example and try to get the young guys playing good and, and just doing whatever I need to do to help the team. So, um, whether I have an A or not, nothing's really going to change for me. Um, uh, but yeah, I'd be, I'd be definitely honored to have them. I mean, so I don't know. I was always under the impression and maybe I got this from college football or something, but I always thought that the team voted on their captains or alternate <coughs> captains and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, and I, I know you're not an NBA player, major league baseball player, an NFL player, but is, is it different from each league or does each team kind of do it differently? Or do you even know that? Um, yeah, I'm not really sure how other teams do it. I haven't really, uh, really heard about, you know, how, from other guys on other teams, how they do it. Um, I know in the past, like in college, I'm, I know our team used to vote, uh, but here in Detroit, it's uh yeah it's usually just kind of what uh what the coaching staff and management uh whatever they decide and then uh you know i'm sure there's maybe some input or intel from players here and there but for the most part it's just whatever the staff thinks is best well you know i'm very influential with uh with jeff and steve so uh, (laughs) i i'm gonna put in a good word for you (laughs) because i really i really am yeah sure i am but uh i would love to see you have an a on i really would as again you know i mean i used to think it was cool where uh you know justin and uh, uh you know luke and dylan all had those a's on along with nielsen uh, you know, three guys from Michigan wearing an A. I, I, I know just being a lifelong Red Wing fan myself, you know, you dream about playing for the hometown team, which you're doing. I mean, th- th- then to put an A on or a C, I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that, I would imagine, from a hockey player standpoint. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't. I mean, when you're playing, you know, for your home state team, and, uh, yeah, we had, you know, all those guys were from Michigan, and uh, they were all captains, obviously, and uh, it's, it's pretty special when you, when you do that for your, your home team. Well, you know, well, you know, hopefully against Tampa on uh, 
Thursday, October 14th, when you skate out there, when you're introduced to the crowd at uh, Little Caesars Arena, that A will be on uh, will be on your Red Wing sweater. I sure hope so. But uh, thanks, Art. Appreciate uh, I, I I mean it too. So uh, yeah, you're welcome. But no, no no thanks necessary. You've earned it and you deserve it. Um, with all that said, I want to ask you: There are some major guys, at least as far as in Red Wing lore, that that left this year. Um, Luke Lendening and Darren Helm. I know they were your longtime teammates. Is it difficult to say goodbye? We could throw Anthony Mantha in there too as a, uh, as a trade, but a lot of you guys came up together or played a number, several seasons together. Is it difficult to say goodbye? Or, you know, at this point you're, you're going into your 10th season, as you said, is it, hey, this is a business that's just the way it goes? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's always tough, when, uh, especially when it's been guys that you've uh, played with for so long um, and, you know, you've, Got to know them and know their families and spent time outside the rink with them, uh, like like I have with all those guys. So it's it's always tough um, when when stuff like that happens. But you know it's it's we all know that it's a business and um, we all know the position that our team is in right now. You know, uh, moving forward here, we're trying to build a contender, and um, you know sometimes uh, a lot of change happens when when you don't make the playoffs or when you're in the bottom bottom end of the league. So. Um, it's different when, you know, you're on Stanley cup teams or in the Eastern conference finals every year and, and, and that kind of thing, because usually the team, you know, sticks, uh, they try to keep that, the core players and a lot of the team together when you're making deeper runs and whatnot. So, um, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. And, and we all know that. Right. You know, I, I mean that, you know, the one interesting thing, I mean, I, you know, you know, in, in my age here, I remember the Red Wings were just a horrible team. Uh, and, and then, you know, I saw the buildup and then they were, you know, the iconic Red Wings of uh, yesteryear. Uh, and you were on the tail end of those uh, uh, of those clubs. And, uh, you know, now, uh, you know, now we're in the, the, the Red Wings are in the rebuild. And what's really, really interesting is that here players now about players that are moved. It's just what you said is that, look, if we don't win changes were going to be made and so you're not really throwing it on the guys that were moved or the the team decided not to resign but you know you, you I, I mean there is a feeling I guess among this team that if we really like each other and we want to do well much like the Nashville Predators last year who were given up for dad and they were going to blow the whole team up and then all of a sudden I don't know if they had a meeting in the room and decided, hey, we like one another, we want to play together, and then, you know, they made the playoffs. I'm kind of curious, is that kind of the mindset that that you have is like, look, guys, we all get along great, we're good buddies off the ice, but we got to get better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and like I said, you know, all the players know that we, we got to get better, we got to um, find ways to uh, just straight up win more games, and, and uh, you know, I thought you know, I could say be more competitive too. I thought this last year we were definitely more competitive, but, um, you know, that's, that only goes so far. So you got to try to find a way to win games and, uh, put your team in a, in a position to make the playoffs. And we know once you make the playoffs that, you know, anything can happen. So, um, it's, it's just about getting in and, uh, there's a lot of good teams that are, are right there at the end of the season. So sometimes you got to do just a little bit more than those teams and, and find, you know, get points, uh, out of nights where you have, you know, not so good at games or bad games or off nights, whatever, and just find ways to, to get points on those nights. That's the bottom line. Well, you know, certainly it is. And uh, you're right. The Red Wings were, were really competitive last season. I mean, it, uh, 
you guys really rebounded nicely. And, uh, you know, if COVID, I mean, when COVID hit this team and the Red Wings did not pause their season, which I guess I give them credit for, but I think in hindsight, you know, the team was 0-6-2 during that COVID uh, 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 pandemic when it's kind of struck the team. Uh, I mean, really, you guys were competitive except for that little bit of a streak. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of, uh, when you look at it now, do you, do you think, uh, wow, boy, if, if we weren't hit by that and we wouldn't have had five to six regulars out for that eight-game span, who knows what we could have done? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was, you know, obviously that was a tough stretch. It was fairly early on in the season. Um, and, you know, we were missing missing some key players and some, some depth players. We were just missing guys, you know, and, and it was tough for us. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to say what could have happened if, you know, if we had a full roster for those games. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly would have helped whether – we would have, you know, been knocking at the door at the playoffs or not. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say, but um, yeah, we were definitely missing those guys. Yeah, you certainly did. I mean, you know, I, I you know, did did you like this division that you were in last year? A couple of other teams that you really, you know, Chicago was in it, which was cool. Dallas was in it. You know, Carolina, who you do see because you're in the Eastern Conference, but was it good to renew those kind of rivalries again? Yeah, it was. It was. It was a. It was a good division. Um, you know, to play in. Uh, with with Chicago, Nashville, you know, down in Dallas, uh, the Florida teams, but um, you know, it was a tough division too. I mean, we had uh, you know, we Tampa and Dallas, uh, the Cup finalists from you know last year were in our division. Um, obviously, this year it's going to be the same way with Montreal and Tampa. So, our you know our division doesn't get any easier, and it's 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 a tough division. So we get a that's I think that's the biggest thing for us if we we're if we're gonna um, you know compete for a playoff spot we got to find a way to compete for our own division because uh, you know we play those teams so many times you look at you know boston toronto montreal tampa they were both in the finals last year and you know there's some good teams right right and you, you said the florida team is good and i mean you know everybody is is pretty competitive uh, uh with that said i want to ask you about goaltending because you, you know jonathan bernier was stellar for three years here uh and and played very very well yet a deal comes uh, the Red Wings' way, which is, I would say, pretty difficult to turn down. Uh, you know, because I love, as you know, Danny, playing general manager. I love to get in Steve Eiserman's mind here. But when this Nadalkovich trade is presented to him and he trades the rights to Jonathan Bernier, who is about to become an unrestricted free agent, do you follow that much? And how different is it going to be to have Nadalkovich in that, who really is still almost a raw rookie. I think he could actually win the rookie of the year this year. That's how little he's played in the NHL, even though he had a stellar season last year. I mean, it, will that be an adjustment for you? Um, especially because you're used to either Jimmy Howard or Jonathan Bernier or uh, Thomas Grice. And these are veteran nut minders. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, Nadelkovich, he's young and, you know, he had a, he had a great season last year. So uh, we're hoping that he comes in and just keeps going uh, where he left off last year. I know he, uh, from playing against him, I, I noticed that he plays the puck really well. So as a defenseman, that should be, uh, you know, a huge benefit going back there, getting getting pucks for the breakout, having a goalie that can move the puck and, and pass the way that he can. Um, you know, but the other side of things is uh, – yeah, like you know, when he's in the crease, and we're just hoping that he that he plays well and, and kicks pucks out of the net. Um, you know, Bernie, 
we'll miss Bernie. Uh, you know, he was he was huge here the last I don't know three years or whatever that he was here. He played very very well, and uh, we wish him nothing but the best and and hope he uh, moves on and plays well. But we're hoping uh, that Ned steps in there and he has a brick wall. The deal is made for him. Do you immediately? Because I know he knows some of the guys on the team. And he, you know, he lives in Metro Detroit during the offseason. Did you know him beforehand, have a relationship with him? Did you work out in the summers with him like he does with some of the Red Wings? Or did you call him immediately and say, hey, look, dude, uh, tell me where you're practicing because I want to get on the ice and, you know, let, let's get a feel for one another? Um, yeah, so I, I've skated with him a little bit uh, last – it was last summer and worked out with him uh, a little bit. But, I, uh, yeah, I didn't really – I've talked to him a few times before he signed here, but I didn't really know him too well. Now, you know, now I see him at the rink quite a bit, and we've chatted and, and whatnot, and I see him uh, skating on the ice with us. So, uh, you know, I'm looking to build some camaraderie with him, and hopefully we uh, we can find a chemistry back there that works. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm looking at another big acquisition that the Red Wings made, a player that I always liked, uh, although when he was a Blackhawk, I really didn't like him. Uh, but uh, that's Nick Letty, who can really move the puck and get it out of his zone. I think he's going to be a wonderful addition to the power play. How familiar are you with Nick Letty's game, and what do you think of that acquisition? Yeah, I think that's a great acquisition for us. Um, I don't know uh, Nick personally. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting him when he when he gets into town. But uh, um, just on a on a hockey scale, a hockey level, um, I, you know, I've seen him play for many years now. I've played against him a lot, and. Uh, he, he skates like the wind. That's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Nick Letty. Skates like the wind, moves the puck, um, you know, and he, he just, he's been around a long time. So I know he knows, uh, he knows how to play the game. He's got a brain for, for the game and thinks it well. Um, so I, I think he's going to be huge for us on the back end as we try to, you know, just get defensemen who, uh, skate and move the puck and defend well. When Mark Stahl was acquired last season, uh, you know, the joke among some of the people who covered the team was is that it looked like he couldn't wait to get out of town, you know, that I, <laughs> I can't wait for the trade deadline. Okay, I was a Ranger for 14 seasons, now I'm here in Detroit. Yet, and I think this happens to a lot of athletes who are traded to, 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 to Detroit, they go through a metamorphosis where suddenly they like the atmosphere here, they like playing in Detroit, and lo and behold, I think, you know, and again, you guys are in a bubble, so I only know Mark Stahl through Zoom calls, uh, is that he just seemed to really take to this area. I would imagine that, did you see a transition in him, or was he just a great teammate from day one because he really seemed to be a Red Wing almost from the get-go? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Stahl's he's a guy that I've gotten to know really well over the last year. Uh, we sit, sit at the card table there on the plane and, and play cards a lot. So, um, he's a great guy and, um, you know, he's, a, he's another guy that's, that's been around a long time. I think if you look at, at our left side, uh, on defense, um, myself, Stahl, Letty, um, you know, and then we have Osterley now, but, uh, you know, he's been around a few years as well, but the Letty and Stahl have, yeah, I think Saul might reach a thousand games this year, and I don't know how many Letty has, but he's got to be getting up there too. So, uh, a lot of lot of experience on our left side, and I think it's, you know, it's going to be good this year. It should help. And um, you know, just going back to Stalzy though, he's a great guy. He, uh, I know he loved being here. He was away from his family last year, which I know that's probably tough. He has you know three kids and away from his wife as well. So, 
that can that can wear on you, um, just like like last season did uh, for a lot of guys, I think. But uh, especially when you're away from your family, it can make it even even harder. But um, he's he's a great guy, and we're we're happy to have him back. Well, you know, you brought it up with the left side. If you look at 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 the four of you, um, you're all like I guess Osterley might be twenty. 28 or 29 and then the rest of you are in your 30s then you look at the right side and you're all except for Troy Stetcher who's by no means old at 27 uh, but then you know uh, uh, Gus Lindstrom is what 22 Heronix 23 uh, you know that's a young right side and you know one of your biggest fans obviously uh, Mike Babcock who said if the Red Wings did not sign you they never would have made the playoffs that year uh, you know, which we've talked about on previous podcasts. But with that said, he always yeah. wanted four left or, or three righties and three lefties. You have that. Actually, you have four lefties. And if you throw Mo Sider into the mix, uh, four righties. Um, and it really looks like the left side's mentoring the right side here uh, just because they're, you know, they're younger than you guys. They're not as veteran of players. Is that a perfect mix? And are you looking forward to having you know, this veteran presence on the blue line on one side, the left side, and even though Hironic is pretty accomplished right now, but, I mean, having some young guys that you can really kind of show the ropes to. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think, uh, you know, I don't know if that was uh, Steve's intention or if that's just kind of how it worked out, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, playing with some of the guys, the, the younger guys on the right side there. Um, I played with Hironic in the past a little bit. You know, this past year I played with Gus Lindstrom. Thought we, me and him, had some pretty good chemistry. Um, you know, and then you throw Stetcher in there and 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 Mo Sider, who um, you know, from from the looks of it, looked like he has a pretty good chance of making the team this year. So um, for me, you know, I'm just excited to to play with any of those guys and uh, you know, like you said, show them the ropes at times if needed. But uh, for the most part, just trying to make them comfortable out there on the ice and you know. When, when guys are comfortable, that's when they're playing their best. So that's what, what I try to do with younger players is make sure that in the room they're comfortable or on the ice or in any, um, you know, in any position that we're in during the game that, uh, you know, they're confident and they're, they're comfortable out there. The, the expectation level for Mo Sider is off the charts, especially since when he was drafted, it was the shock of the hockey world. I can remember being out in uh, – I still call it GM place, but out in Vancouver for the uh, for the draft. And, you know, when his name was said, it was like, what, you know, and Steve Eiserman lost his mind. And, you know, obviously it looks like it's a great, uh, a great pickup. And you're right. I think expectation level from the fan base is that he's going to make the team this year. If he does make the team this year, is there anything that you can prepare him for because of that expectation level that, you know, will you take – extra care of him, I guess, is what I'm asking, because you know there's going to be an enormous amount of pressure on him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll try to help him out as much as I can. I mean, as uh, as defensemen, you know, we're, we're around each other a lot. Um, the, the seven or eight D that we have on the team, we, you know, we all sit, sit by each other in the locker room. Um, you know, we're just, we kind of uh, gravitate towards each other, I guess, because we are uh, you know, playing the same position and everyone's always, always around each other. So for me, if there's anything I can do to help him out, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely do that. You know, I'll, I'll make sure that, like I said, that he's comfortable in the room. And, um, you know, if, if, if we were partners or something, just making sure that we know drills before practice and make sure we're, 
we're going into games confident and, and on the same page as well. So I, I think that's, you know, the biggest thing you can do. What kind of advice do you offer these guys? I mean, these young kids. I mean, is, is there one solid piece of advice, regardless of a defenseman or a forward, that, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, Danny DeKaiser sits them down and, and tries to drive home one concrete point about being an NHL player? I don't know if there's any one one concrete point. I would I would just tell them if I you know if I said anything, I would just say go out there, have fun, you know, play like you know how to play. Everybody's here because they're good players. Um, you know, no matter what level they've come from or where they've been and where they're at, you know. So all these guys are good players, and I try to just tell them go out there and, and play like you know how to play. And um, I mean, the other side of things is usually uh, just familiarity, you know, on the ice. So if there's um, as a defenseman, there's a lot of plays that, that happen uh, consecutively as opposed to being a forward, you know. For, so, for instance, on a breakout, if I'm going to be in a certain position um, for a breakout pass or something, I'll, I'll let them know or I'll say, you know, hey, if I get the puck here and, and I'm under pressure, just, you know, know what's going, know I'm putting it, you know, at the bottom of the circle or wherever, you know, wherever it's going. So it's just stuff like that, little uh, – little hints and, and, and whatnot that you can do to try to make guys, um, you know, get on the same page. You know, one thing that, you know, I have uh, talked to you about uh, at length, especially when we were allowed in the room, which I hope, you know, somehow we're going to be allowed again this year, uh, is that, you know, you are notoriously known for wearing your Western Michigan Bronco Red Wing hat. And, you yep. know, and, you know, the one thing that, uh, just an advocator always used to tell me, how can he keep it so clean? And you finally fessed up that you have more than one. Uh, I think you have three of them. Do you still have three? <laughs> well, I, I, I think two or three. Yeah, I usually get a new one every year. So uh, hopefully there's another one coming out soon. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, well, that's good. Because the college night is great. Uh, but the reason I'm asking you that is that Jordan Osterley, um, is a Bronco, and he's now on the team. Jeff Blaschel recruited him, then left to take a Red Wing job to become Mike Babcock's assistant. Osterley, when, on his Zoom press conference when he signed with Detroit, said he almost didn't go to Western because the guy who recruited him had left, but he did. And now Luke Witkowski, Witter, is back too, and I know you guys are buddies, former uh, you know, roommates and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, what will it be like to have Osterley and Witkowski, a couple of Broncos, uh, back in the Red Wing fold? Uh, yeah, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, I know both of those guys are excited to, to be here. Luke, obviously, is second stint, so he's happy to be back in the organization here. And um, for Jordan, I know <clears throat> I know him pretty well. Obviously played uh, two years with him at, at Western uh, back in the day, as I like to say. So um, he's, he's, a, he's a great guy, uh, great player. I was actually at his wedding um, back in July, about a month ago or so. Um, so he got married this summer. It was, it was a fun wedding. And uh, he's a good guy, good player. He's, he can really skate. Another guy who can really skate like the wind. Um, you know, he get out there and skate up and down the ice all night. So I think he'll definitely uh, bring that to the table for us. And um, – I'm just, you know, I'm just happy to have those guys, uh, those those guys back. They're they're good buddies of mine. Now, if the three of you are ever on the ice and you get into a little bit of huddle, do you just go one, two, three, go Broncos, or will you say go Wings, or uh, how does that play out? <laughs> uh, it's never happened, so that's a good question. But I think it probably it'd probably be go Wings. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah. uh, I I know we're almost at our time here, so I I I, I want to wrap it up. There's still so many more questions uh, that I can ask you. Uh, but you know you're 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 healthy, which is great. 
you're still what 31 you said i mean really yeah. you know i have you know literally i have clothes older than you uh <laughs> and uh you know the last year of your contract will that be a um a hindrance for you will that be in the back of your mind or you're going to be able to put that out of uh out of your mind it's the last year of the deal and go out and play hockey and enjoy yourself because you're healthy yeah, for sure. For me, I'll just, you know, I'm just looking forward to going out there and playing and, and, uh, you know, starting right at the, at the puck drop this, this season from game one, getting in there and, and trying to play the best that I can, because, uh, like we talked about earlier, the, the, you know, the back stuff, um, you know, the past, whatever year and a half or whatever was, was definitely a hindrance for me. And, um, you know, it definitely, I'd be lying if I said it didn't get me down at times, you know, thinking about my future, stuff like that. So, um, for me, the contract thing—that's that's not an issue. I'm just—I'm happy to be back out here playing healthy, and and I'm really, like I said, I'm really looking forward to the season. And you know, I don't—I don't feel any pressure from going into the you know final year of my deal or anything like that. I'm just excited to play. You know, I, I would imagine you know the the expectation level that you have on a personal level. I think you just pretty much eloquently stated it. Uh, how about team expectation? Uh, do you see? that with some of the young guys, and we haven't even really talked too much about maybe some of the young forwards that, 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 that could make a run this year uh, on the team. I mean, Jacob Verana uh, obviously has been, has been re-signed, trading for Pew Suter. Uh, do you like the moves up front as well? Yeah, I do. I do. You know, obviously we saw what, what Verana could do um, after he came over from Washington last year. And uh, with Suter, you know, we played him uh, a bunch last year, and he scored a bunch of goals against us last year. So um, I think both of those guys are, are going to be key components to uh, adding offense to our team. You know, we uh, everyone knows we need to score more goals, and um, I think those guys are going to be a huge part of it if we're able to do so. Tyler Bertuzzi back um, healthy. Uh, Dylan Larkin back healthy. That was such a cheap shot. I can't believe Ben was not suspended for that. Uh, I always say that, by the way, Danny, but uh, <laughs> I, I should get off it. But uh, uh, Dylan back, Zadina picking it up. Who knows about, like I said, a, a Lucas Raymond or something like that. And there's still some young blue liners, too, that, 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 that might make a move. Uh, uh, so do you look at this team as being better as we enter the 2021-22 uh, campaign? And that do you think there is a legitimate playoff run in this club? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think if, uh, you know, hopefully this season goes well, you mentioned the, the new acquisitions that we got, uh, and then you throw in Tyler Bertuzzi, um, who I, I think he only played a handful of games last year. I don't know the exact number, but uh, having a guy like him back is going to be a huge, huge help too. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think if we're, um, you know, uh, expectations for our team, I, if you ask me, I would say, you know, we're going to try to uh, push for a playoff spot. And we're going to try to be right there and, and, and try to get into the playoffs. And, um, you know, if we're, if we're not in the playoffs, I think we'll be right there. But um, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that we can push for a playoff spot this year. You know, and then finally, you know, on a personal level, uh, you know, it wasn't a few years ago when you uh, went back and got your degree uh, from, from Western Michigan and uh, you had your first child was born. Your second child was born and I asked you, now will you get a master's degree? And, uh, you know, I understand that maybe a third child is on the way. So I, I'm kind of curious, uh, a couple of years from now, will we be calling you Dr. DeKaiser? Will you end up getting a Ph.D. in something? <laughs> no, no, you will not. So, um, you know, I've, uh, 
I was able to, like you said, go back and, and finish what I had left there at Western. And, uh, and then, you know, we had, uh, had my first child then, and, uh, you know, now we have another child. I got another one coming in February now. So I, I don't think there's a whole lot more time left for, for schoolwork, to be honest. <laughs> really? I mean, you know, though, Dr. DeKaiser does have a, a nice ring to it, or I'm sure as uh, our, our good buddy, we've talked about him already, Andrew Kristoff, who's getting a lot of play during this podcast. Uh, he would call you, of course, Dr. D. You know, you sure you, 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 sure you don't want to go for it? Yeah, no, I, I don't think I have it in me. You know, I, I think that that ship has sailed and, uh, you know, I, I have what I have now and that's that's what I'm going to have. All right. Well, <laughs> well, congratulations on being a college graduate. But uh, but most of all, uh, thanks for joining us here on, on the Red and White Authority. Danny, you're one of my favorite people. I always love talking to you. You know, I have a soft spot in my heart not uh, for the Red Wings, but certainly for uh, Red Wings that are from the uh, – from the state of Michigan and especially the greater metropolitan Detroit area like I'm from. And uh, I wish you nothing but the, nothing but the best. And I'm so glad you're healthy. I'm looking forward to seeing you, you know, out there blocking shots and doing what you do for the Red Wings. And uh, uh, thanks again. And uh, congratulations on the, uh, the impending birth of child number three uh, in February. But again, Danny, thank you. Best of luck. All right. Thanks a lot, Art. I appreciate you having me and uh, we'll talk to you later.